It's a seminary of the Episcopal Church whose motto in Latin means your word is truth. God's word is the word they're referring to. Your word is truth. And today we get a fundamental truth of the Christian faith and mission. All ate and were filled. This very familiar gospel of the loaves and fishes, five loaves and two fish in which thousands were fed, is central to our identity as people of God, as people of Christ. This is a vision in which we together will supply our needs by the gifts God has given us and by sharing. All ate and were filled. There are a couple worldviews that we begin with in these in this chapter, this uh, of Matthew and the story of the loaves and fishes. First, there's the disciples who, when they see a potential logistical nightmare and a large need, say to Jesus, it's late, send the people away, let them fend for themselves, each to their own, go buy stuff for yourself, for your family, but just go. Everyone fending for themselves. And there's another perspective, that of Christ Jesus, who says they need not be sent away. You give them something to eat. And then with what was there, was able to satisfy the needs of the crowd. This story of a miracle is a story in a shift of perspective from seeing only chaos and calamity to seeing the possibility of Christian generosity, love of neighbor, and caring for each other as a primary responsibility of being human. So this is one of the principal places in the scriptures where we are taught our mission as Christians. Jesus teaches the disciples, and this story teaches us today. Telling people to fend for themselves only leads to chaos and calamity, and it is not the way of Christ. The way of Christ is that all eat and are filled. And this truly is a word of truth from God, the creator of heaven and earth. When I was growing up, there were many things that were hard to understand, hard to uh, pair with what I understood was the ideals of society, human community, 
And one of those things was apartheid in South Africa. So one of the days, two of the days actually, that changed my life were the days when I saw Nelson Mandela, who had been imprisoned for 27 years for fighting apartheid, which is an explicit racist system in which different laws apply to people based on the shades of their skin, not implicit, like we encounter today, but explicit. He fought against that government system and was imprisoned for 27 years, Nelson Mandela. And the day he was released was a day that opened my eyes that things could change. And then the day he became president, it was incredible. The prisoner became president, that dignified man became the president of the country which had imprisoned him. I remember watching these two things on the news and just my perspective changed. Recently, I remembered this because I was reminded of a story in which he, after he became president, went out to lunch and he took his security detail with him, his secret service, and breaking protocol, they all sat around the table. And he saw a man over at a table in the same restaurant eating by himself. And he asked him to come over, well, had him um, invited over. And the man came. And he was awkward the entire time he was eating with, with the president. And as you can, might imagine, you know, a little, you're not quite sure how to act. And, um, and he ate pretty quickly. And President Mandela uh, covered, but paid for his meal. Uh, and the man left. Um, it was uh, a treat. He was his guest. After the man left, a little abruptly, the security detail asked, how did you know him? And President Mandela said he was a guard at the prison where I was held. And then he went on to elaborate. He said, I was tortured beaten savagely many times in my prison cell. I was left on the floor moaning in agony, and I would call out for some water. And this man was one of the guards that would be there sometimes, and one time he came over, and instead of giving me water, he urinated on me. We have a choice of what to do with the power we are given. We can either use it to humiliate and to let people fend for themselves, or we can invite people to the table. We can invite people to be filled with grace and the dignity, which is Christ's vision for us. I remember thinking all my life that Nelson Mandela was an Anglican, but I, I think that might not be true. I think that's wishful thinking. Um, although he was very good friends with Bishop uh, Desmond Tutu, who is uh, Anglican and um, 
did a lot of work to end apartheid as well, and has written many books on forgiveness. Going along these lines of thinking about perspectives on, on power and generosity and how we are to treat each other as brothers and sisters, as siblings in Christ, um, I have an example from Hamilton, which I never saw, and I was kind of jealous every time somebody posted that they'd seen Hamilton. And um, it came out on television, and I knew somebody had Disney, the Disney Channel, and so I got to see it. It was, it was very long. Don't hate me. It was very long. Um, so we had to pause it in the middle. But um, it was genius. It is genius in many ways. Um, but there, there was a spotlight on a character that is also part of our church and country history, which is very short, two spotlights, and it's King George. And his song, You'll Be Back, in which he says to the uh, nation in revolt, the colonies in revolt, that um, you've decided, I think the lyrics are, you decided that the price of my love is not the price you're willing to pay. And then there's a lot of more other lyrics, but he gets to um, one of the punchlines in the song, which is, I'll send a fully armed battalion to remind you of my love. Again, a choice about power. King George did not win, and thus was born the United States of America. And we've seen violence in Portland end this week as federal troops have left. So although often that kind of power dynamic does not end well for those who are on the other end of it, sometimes as when the president, as when the prisoner becomes president, and the colonies become a nation, and the people overcome. That dynamic gives us hope. We can choose the power of grace and generosity and truth-telling over the power to humiliate and oppress and exclude. Today, Jesus brings us to the point in the scriptures that is crucial to our sense of vision and mission. Again, the way of everyone fend for themselves or do what I say is a way of chaos and calamity, and it is not the way of Christ. So South Africa and King George may seem to be a long way away, but that dynamic is one which we have to decide on each day and how we organize and build our communities and our churches and our cities. Last week, I read an article that cited the Episcopal Health Foundation, a foundation of our very own Diocese of Texas. And it shed a spotlight on two communities in Houston, well, in the Houston area, Bel Air 
and Galston. It pointed to the fact that in Bel Air, the medium income is over $200,000 a year. And in Galston, the medium income is just slightly over 26000 And yet, we want people in each of those areas to fend for themselves, each to his or her own, each to their own. Figure out health care, figure out work, figure out school, figure out whatever each to his or her or their own. And yet, though money does not buy happiness, it does buy choices. And so, of course, those in Bel Air have more choices. They can quarantine in their extra room. They can work from home. They can get treated because they have health care. In that same article, a story was told of a janitor at one of our hospitals here in Houston, in the medical center. The wife begged her husband to retire because he was just a couple of years away from retirement and he was working in the hospital with more and more corona cases and she was scared that he might get it. But even though he worked in a major hospital in our city, he did not have health care. He did not have health insurance. And sadly, he did get coronavirus and he died. Each to their own is a way of chaos and calamity. And it is not the way of God. It is not the way of Christ. The power that we have in our trust and faith in Christ is to take care of each other, to include each other, to have a place at the tables of our society for each other. Yesterday, as I watched Lutz get ordained with the others, I remembered from my time in El Salvador a song from the popular mass there, and it, the, the, the entrance song goes, Vamos todos al banquete a la mesa de la creación. Cada cual con su taburete tiene un puesto y una misión. Which means, let's all go to the feast, to the table of creation. Each one with their little seat has a place and a mission. Would that that were true. But that's what we pray for. That's what we commit to when we become members of the church of God. And while things can be hard and we can look out like the disciples and think it's all calamity, and it's too much. Let us not forget the lesson that they were taught so many centuries ago, that the vision 
for our world, that our mission as a people of God is to care for each other, to love thy neighbor, to make a place at the table, and to choose the power of generosity, generosity and grace over the power of crushing and humiliation and individualism. That doesn't mean things will be easy. But with God, all miracles occur as we look into our baskets and find out that there is more than we ever thought. And that all can eat and be filled. And there will be leftovers. God, your word is truth. Remind us of this mission. Even in this intensely difficult economic times, when we think, God, we only have five loaves and two fishes to feed over 10,000 people. Remind us not to send anyone away, that we all may be filled. Amen.